All right, everyone. This is undoubtedly my most favorite podcast guest ever. Now, if you've been a guest on the show, when I tell you who it is, I don't think you will be offended (laughs) because today I get to introduce you guys to one of my superheroes, my mom. I am bringing on Gail Benedict Schisler. She is an amazing woman, a renowned author. I can't wait for you guys to hear about that. And honestly, just one of my most favorite people in the universe. And when you get to meet her today, you will understand why. Now, the reason I have her on the show is because over the last several months, I've had a number of students of mine and people in my work-life harmony community, you know, kind of say, well, that's great that you can be organized, Megan. You know, you were born that way. You were always that way. And I laugh because, <laughs> because friends, I was not. And I had a number of people say that basically they didn't believe me. So I decided why not go straight to the source of, you know, the one person that could give you guys the truth about how I used to be versus how I am today. So several of you, when I told you guys that I was going to bring my mom on the show, you submitted questions that you wanted me to ask her. So that is exactly what I am going to be doing today. This will be proof for you all that becoming a little bit more organized and on top of your time can be a learned skill. My mom will share some some funny stories with you all about the truth of having me as a daughter, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I do encourage you guys to listen through to the end because I, I did take an opportunity to share a little bit about my mom's writing, her book, and her blog. I would encourage you guys to check it out. It's incredible. And so without further ado, it is truly my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my mom. Welcome to the Work Life Harmony Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Sumrall. I'm a former techie turned entrepreneur. I'm also a mom and a wife. And just like you, I'm juggling hashtag all the things while running multiple businesses and a family. Being a successful female entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to feel overwhelmed, exhausted, and stressed out. Gaining control of your time and calendar is all about learning a few key techniques and systems to better organize and structure your time. This is your show to learn from me and other amazing women how to master your time and organization to skyrocket your productivity so you can have work-life harmony. All right, everybody. I am here and I'm here with my mom. (laughs) So, so many people have over the last year or two, as I've shared some stories and really tried to tell you guys that, you know, this is a learned skill, being organized, learning how to manage your time. It's not a, you're born with it or not. It can be a learned skill. And I've shared with you guys, you know, that I didn't always used to be this way. And so many of you did not believe me. So I figured what better source to go to <laughs> than to bring my mom on the show here today with me. So welcome, mom. Well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so I posted in my work-life harmony group a while back that I was going to bring my mom on the show and asked all my listeners to send me questions of what dirt you want my mom to spill the beans on <laughs> for me or just questions about you know anything related to growing up, etc. So I have compiled a list. We're going to go through these questions, not in any particularly set order, because I do want my mom to have the opportunity to be honest and take this conversation wherever it needs to go. So any background you want to share on yourself? Well, not particularly. I'm Megan's mother, which is very important. (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't you love moms? So I will give you guys a big, quick background on our family. So my dad was a Marine for 30 years. So I have two older sisters. We moved around, well, not as much as some military families, but I think you did a lot before I was born. Yes. Yeah. Probably about 10 to 12 moves. Okay. And my mom was also raised with military on in foreign service. Yeah. So lots of moving, never really settling into one place. And so, you know, from my perspective, when I look at my mom, I see the most amazing person in the universe. <laughs> she raised three daughters while having a husband who was gone often, juggling moves, all of that, not being able to necessarily pursue passions that required you to live in one place forever. And so learning how to adjust for that as well. So my mom has always been one of my superheroes and she's also a published author of an incredible book. So I'm going to share a link for that as well. So you ready to jump in? Spill the beans? Okay. So one of the first questions, let's see, would you just describe me as somebody as a child that was highly organized? Absolutely not. Fair. I did have an organized child who filed her paper dolls and had her shoes in color order and rolled up her underwear very neatly, but it was not this daughter. (laughs) This daughter, if she could have kept the scraps from her dinner to remember that dinner by, she would have done it. So you'd say maybe I had some hoarding tendencies. Yes, she did. And I just love the one question, how did I redirect her? Are you kidding? (laughs) There was no redirecting, though I did have a joyous time every year where she would go off to camp and I would go into her room with a garbage bag and I would take out maybe four or five layers, but I would leave it salted on the top so that maybe she wouldn't notice. And I would put the bag in the garage and I'd wait for a howl when she got back from camp and she never missed any of it. And then I would take it to the garbage can, but that was once a year. I'm surprised that you limited yourself to one garbage bag. I think I was in college before you ever told me that you had done that for years. And I'll be honest, guys, I never once recognized the fact that my mom had gone through my room and gotten rid of so much stuff. But I did take that and apply it to my my job as a mother. Only the part that my mom did that was so smart was she would get the bag of stuff out of our room and then keep it for a while in the garage where we couldn't see it so that if we were upset and noticed things, she could go get them, which of course we never did. But I did the same thing, only I took it straight to the dump before giving that window of time and I got busted. So so I've learned to to, to do that. So it says that Megan is not as sneaky as her mother is what (laughs) we've just learned. So when did, knowing now when you see, I'm not quite the hoarder that I was. When did you notice that changing? I think not until she was an adult, really. And I think part of it, you know, did she clean her room? No, I made her do that. And she had to make her bed and do all the things we make our children do. But I was making her that wasn't coming from within. I think maybe when somebody decides that they're into something that's worthwhile to them, then they become more organized. We all have, when we have a desire to achieve something and the only way we're going to achieve it is by being organized in some way. I think maybe, I think maybe that's when you decide to become organized on your own and it comes from within and not from without because you're never going to impose that on anybody. Personally, I was a very organized person. I made lists, Megan didn't. 
Uh, See, I didn't always make lists. <laughs> she, she never made a list that I know of when she was in school, certainly. But school wasn't that important to her. She could do it, but you didn't need a list to be as successful as she was willing to be. So I think once you got to a place where you really wanted something and it was something you had to work at, then then you get organized. That is such a good point. And you know, when we talk about motivation and procrastination, because I get a lot of questions, you have, I'm struggling to stay motivated on it. I always tell people, well, you need to reconnect with why you want to do it in the first place. Because if you, like you said, if you're not, if it's not something you're passionate about and you have a desire to see a change in that area of your life or learning something new or whatever it is, it is hard to get yourself organized, to get motivated to do the stuff. And I think you have to realize we're all organized in some way. Now, when I spoke about the daughter who filed her paper dolls. Yes, I, we're not joking. That's my oldest sister. She legit had a file cabinet and had her, her paper she dolls did. filed. She did. And she has a very challenging job. And I think everybody that works with her would say that she's very organized. Everything's in on time. But her emails Oh my gosh, I couldn't live with the email mess that she has. You know, if it if it gets over 10, I get nervous. She can go into the thousands and it's okay. It works for her. So I think we have to say everybody's not going to be organized in the same way, but it has to work for you personally and your children maybe won't be organized the way you are. Mm-hmm. I took great pleasure in alphabetizing my books every time we moved. I can't say that any of my children would ever have done that. Oh, it's not not even today. But I do alphabetize my spices. Yeah, in the well, spice cabinet. Yeah, like I'm, I got my daughter to do that for homework. Yes, assignment. well, I got her daughter to do it for me too. So <laughs> there it is. Use who you know. If you have somebody who just thinks that's great fun, then use them. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I know I struggled with that I've gotten much better at. That again, people don't believe is procrastination. Would you say I was a procrastinator? She was probably a gold medal procrastinator. (laughs) I've never seen anybody that procrastinated so successfully. (laughs) She could have gone to the Olympics every four years for I don't know how long and won the gold. My favorite is when I sensed when we were all going to bed and Megan was almost shooing us into bed that there was something going on. You know that feeling you get as a mother. Like how old was I? Oh, we're talking, this is high school. High school. When you have something called, when you have something called homework, which when she's sitting in front of TV with the family, yeah, she's done that all. No, no papers due, no tests, no nothing. I found out then she, we went up to bed, all the lights go out and click the light goes on in Megan's room because she hasn't done any of that and is now doing it after she should be in bed. This went on all through high school. And at that point I thought, okay, so she's tired. I'm going to let her pay for this. Obviously, I'm not going to change the way she's operating here. And so I just let it go on and she'd yawn and be tired every morning. And I'd think to myself, and I know why, and maybe someday you'll get it done on time. You know, to this day, I never knew that you knew I did that. <laughs> I thought I got away with it all those years. No. <laughs> I remember one really, really bad. I only really vividly remember one instance of doing that. And I, I had to stay up all night long. And I snuck a can of soda in to, with for the caffeine to help me stay up and do it. I, I even remember for me at that moment thinking, this is not good. Like I should not be doing this. And then on the other hand, if you have someone that handles it, I remember in college, I said, well, 
you go to class and you attend class. And she informed me that, no, she had a teacher and there was nothing going on in the class that she couldn't read in the book. And the teacher had said, okay, just show up for the test. And she did it and got a very, very good grade. And that was not my idea of how you went to college. You go in there, you go in there every day, you listen, you take notes, but she had something that worked for her. I would have called that procrastination, but I don't think it was for her. And so you have to, you have to understand how other people work and they don't work like you do often. Hey there, if you are feeling overwhelmed, like your calendar is out of control, like you are just running against a race that will never end in terms of your to-do list, I have great news for you. I have just done a complete update on my app. Yes, I have an app in both the App Store and Google Play called The Pink Bee, and it is chock full of small but incredibly powerful trainings to help you get out of overwhelm. It includes my signature Ditch the Overwhelm training, an introduction to my time management framework. It can help get you started on weekly planning, helps you understand the four levels of planning, gives you access to my epic One Notebook Challenge, and some tips and tricks on how to get your phone organized. And all of that is available for you right inside the Pink Bee app. So open up either your app store or Google Play, do a search on the Pink Bee, all one word, download the app. And then to unlock all of that training, it's only $4.99 US. I will see you inside the app. No, and I will say the one in college, I was a class I liked I didn't wait till the last minute to do the assignments and stuff. I just made an arrangement with the professor. Not to go to class, to go to class. which <laughs> didn't ring any of my bells, but that's okay. <laughs> so even I try and think back to when my when I started shifting away from procrastinating into now being so much more proactive and not doing everything last minute. When would you think you saw When that? you began to do things that interested you. Yeah. That's, I think, things that you really thought were important. I thought world history was important. <laughs> Mangan did not think world history was important. <laughs> you know, I think it's crucially important, but that was not her idea of anything. No. And so, you know, I think when she hit the thing that interested her and it was challenging, she had to become organized and she didn't want to procrastinate because she wanted to do it. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, now for me, we were even talking about this with a, within my top VIP group the other day, just some strategies on how do we do the things? How do we prioritize the things that need to get done, but we hate doing? So maybe we all have those. I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy scrubbing a toilet or even some stuff with my business. I don't enjoy all the tasks. And so one of the things I do, which I'm finding is helping a lot of other people as well, is to try and find something that I marry it with that I do love so that I can be rewarding myself while I'm doing the thing that I hate. So one of the, one of the gals in the VIP program, she had her big light bulb moment because she loves guacamole, but she hates this one planning portion for her business. So she's like, Oh my goodness, I will save my guacamole and I'll eat the guacamole when I'm doing that thing I hate so that then it becomes something that now she actually wants to do because I do not want to clean my kitchen particularly, but it needs to be done. So I don't put clean kitchen on my list. I put 
clean counters, clean refrigerator, clean stove, clean. So then I can check lots of things. And that's what motivates me because then I can put a check and feel I've accomplished something. And so I think you, you have to know yourself a little bit and figure out what works for you and how you're going to get yourself over these humps. As far as I was interested in a child, one of the questions was, how did you teach Megan? Well, I didn't. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I, no, I think that, you know, you can nag and you can do the garbage bag and you can do all of that. But I think kids will come to it. They've got an inner somebody that they're going to come to. I have a granddaughter who is a competitive swimmer and a very competitive person. She worked hard in the pool. She did all of that. And parents would come to my other daughter and say, how did you make her do that? And she'd say, I had nothing to do with this. This is this girl. All these other parents are trying to make their children become like that. Well, they're not going to. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to let them be themselves. But as a parent, you don't let the two-year-old touch the hot stove, even though they want to. I think you have to save them from themselves. The reason I cleaned out Megan's room was I just couldn't let her be buried in her junk. I had to <laughs> help her out been. and she would have been. And I had to help her out. So I did the garbage bag act and I made her clean her room every Saturday and all the things we do. And I think that's a favor to them to keep them afloat until they can find out what they want to do for themselves. And believe me, they're not going to do that when they're under 22. Oh, that, that almost makes me sad. Like that I have to it, wait it, that long. It, yeah, no, it isn't happening. But I mean, think about yourself at 15. You know, yeah. what, where were your thoughts? All over were they, the place. Yeah. Were, were they on being organized and making a list? I, I don't think so. No. I, and the one thing I do remember that you let me have that was very important to me, and it was the, I had a dresser that was three drawers on either side. And I had the lower left drawer was my no questions asked junk drawer. Mm -hmm. And that thing was jam packed with the, but that was the rule that I could keep whatever I wanted in that junk drawer. And that was very important to me. Well, I'm glad you had that because the other place is under the bed, which you didn't have. <laughs> there was lots of stuff under there too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, my daughter has... <laughs> I'm not, that's her spot under the bed. We don't go there. Yeah. Well, you got to have somewhere, but not everywhere. But so. I will say, I think where, where you did teach us without it directly, like you said, you couldn't make us who we weren't, but we grew up in a home, in a home with order, with structure. And I liked that feeling. And so when I was, you know, of an age to move out and have my own place, I yearned for that that was very comforting. And so in that way, I would say, yeah, you did teach us because you had a very orderly, tidy, structured home that we all got to enjoy living in. Well, and that's, that's true, but you have to realize there are different things. It took me, I don't know how long to figure out between my husband of 56 years and myself that the coffee table to him is unsuitable if it has dust on it. I don't care about the dust. I just want everything picked up off of it mm -hmm. and it can be dusty. So we're both tidy, but we're not tidy in ways that actually go together. So you have to figure out how you're going to work that out. Yeah, that's interesting because my husband and I are the same way. Mm -hmm. I don't want stuff. I don't want clutter. Yeah. And he's okay with the clutter, but I don't want the dust. Yeah. And so that's, you know, you work, you work those things out. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So how would you say you see similarities between us or differences? Well, I think we both enjoy research. 
yes. delving into things to find out how they work, what whatever it is we're into. Mine has I'm more to do with things. No, we're not. But but the research is is the same. And I think we're like that way. And and now we both make lists, but my list making is probably different than yours. Mm-hmm. I don't know what yours is, but I know you do make lists. And I think at this stage of life, we don't want a lot of extra extraneous stuff around. And you realize different phases of life have different times. You've got young kids in the house. You got stuff. Oh, yeah. You got sports stuff. You've got, I mean, you just got stuff. I'm at the other end of life. Everybody's left and it's my husband and I, and there are dangers at my age that you can't get rid of things that nobody wants anymore or has any interest in, but you're hanging on to it because in the same way of Megan memorializing her meals in her closet, <laughs> you know, you remember things that are great about it, but your kids don't want it. So every phase of life is a little different. And, you know, are you working? Do you have children in the house? Are you retired? And so I think your organization is basically the same, but what happens to you is a little bit different. And you have to you have to change as you go along. I, I like that, just being open to even recognizing when you're when you're out of a phase and in a new one mm-hmm. and kind of having that self-awareness mm-hmm. to know it's time to change some change, things. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, you know, when you talked about our similarities of liking research, I think that is something you instilled in all of us was just a a love of learning, but not dictating what it was we had to learn. But you were always very good at if you saw we were interested in something, well, let's dive in, let's figure this out. And it is something I learned watching you do it. If there was something that, you know, you didn't know how to do it, it wasn't a, well, then we're not going to do it. It's, well, let's figure it out. Like, this is fun. Let's figure this out. And I can remember at a very young age, you letting me, you know, quote, help, which I'm sure was so not helpful on things that you probably knew how to do, but I didn't, but you acted like you didn't either to help me get excited about getting in there, learning, figuring it out. And I think that is something you really guided all of us on very well. And sometimes you just have to do what feels good to you. When the wall mm-hmm. fell between West and East Germany, I looked at my three children. They were sort of high, well, school, high school age. And I thought, they don't know how significant this is. This is a big deal. And it was important for me to let them know what this meant. They could have cared. So how do I do this? I announced that I would buy a pizza for lunch if they listened to a lecture on the importance of the wall between East and West Germany and why it was coming down. And the only reason they came to my fascinating lecture was they got to have pizza, which back then wasn't as often as it is now. But it was, we were all glad for it at the end, not just about the pizza either. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you did bribe us with pizza. I I bribed and I, it made me feel good. They were finished and I thought, I don't know, whatever, but at least I've said my piece. You did say you did it. Yeah, Yeah, I did it and I felt better about it. And I don't know what the reaction was. So sometimes you just have to satisfy yourself and that's okay too. 100%. So you had a different life with moving three young kids. You got married young, a husband who was gone often, because back then it wasn't the whole family went overseas together. It was, he went by himself a lot. And we had Vietnam. And two tours in Vietnam. How did, one of the gals wrote in and said, how did you, quote, balance or find harmony in your life, juggling three kids, war, a husband who was gone a lot, moves, 
we didn't really get to live on base the way people do now so that you didn't have that built-in community that, you know, the military families have so much more of now. What were, how do you feel about that? Well, I think that, and there was no email. All we had were letters. And sometimes the letters would take two or three weeks to get there. So you weren't communicating with this family member that was gone. And so my goal always, especially during the two year long Vietnam tours, I just thought, what am I going to do with this year? What am I personally going to accomplish? For me, writing has always been a joy. So that was always something to do there. And there was always something that I wished to do with the children, you know, everything from maybe doing a Girl Scout group with or volunteering in the classroom or something like that, because there were a lot of things that were taken off my shoulders with the husband gone. You know, the dinner hour was a different thing. We still had it, but there were lots of pancakes. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Any mom listening can relate, right? You're like, yeah. So I think maybe you just set goals for yourself when there's a period of time that's that's a big change. And then, you know, change is difficult. And I still remember talking to Mrs. Stockdale, whose husband was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for seven years. And she wrote a very good, she and her husband wrote a very good book about the experience. And I went to a book talk of hers and she said, somebody said, well, I understand for every month or week or year that someone's gone, it takes that long to make it normal again. Mm. And she got a thoughtful look on her face. Remember, he was gone for seven years. And she said, I think that's about right. Wow. So that means she hung in there for seven years before it normalized. So I think your husband goes on a business trip. He's gone for three days. It's probably three days before the family runs the way it used to. So I think when you understand that change is necessary, but it's also a challenge and it makes us grow. Yeah. You're never the same person on the back end. No. And that's a good thing. I'd hate to be the same person I was at 17. How depressing that would be. (laughs) love to have known you. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) I disagree. (laughs) I think we would have been great friends. I really do. So how do you think we are different? Well, I can still remember sitting in the living room and hearing lots of scrabbling upstairs from the three girls that were wanting to do something, whatever it was, get pizza for dinner or have ice cream or whatever. And the two older ones are encouraging the three-year-old who would be Megan. We're talking about a six and a nine-year-old. You go ask, you go ask. So Megan would come down. We want, we want, and it's just coaching from us here. Ice cream, ice cream. We want ice cream, says the three-year-old. So she was always willing to be out there in front and do that. When we called for the pizza, it was Megan, not her two older sisters that did it. It's true. So, you know, I think, and that's not the way I'd learned to be that way. I'm very good on the phone, but that was a learned skill, not one that I came to naturally. Hmm. But I think Megan came to it naturally. Or I just got bullied into it. No, no, no. No, you were good at it. You were good at it. I mean, at six, she led the Pledge of Allegiance at the swim meet. She was perfectly happy to do that. She tells me now she was a little scared, but that didn't stop her. Her other sisters would have run and hidden the shrubbery before they did that. So I think, you know, that's something that that you have that the rest of us don't. Yeah. And there are some things you're just Mm -hmm. just born with, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. How do you see when you look at the three of us, my two older sisters and myself, do you see anything that you see is kind of similar? Cause I feel we're all very different in so many ways, but there's some fundamentals that just, well, where we connect. I think you're all three very honorable people. And that's mm-hmm. the most important thing for me 
it doesn't matter how you live your life. It's that you live it in an honorable way. And that's probably the most important thing. I think you and dad led by example on that one. Well, I hope so. But I think that's what ties everyone together is a certain sense of what's the right thing to do. Mm, That's amazing. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot. Any parting words that you think people need to know? Oh, bless you all. If you have children, hang in there. (laughs) You're great. And you learn a lot about yourself. (laughs) Well, I am very lucky because just, gosh, it's been almost a year now that you moved Mm -hmm. here by me because we've been living far apart for a long time. And now I have the joy of having my mom just a half an hour away, which is a treat. And we're just waiting for COVID to get over so we can do a little bit more, a little bit more normal than what we've done now. But thank you. Thank you for being here. And guys, truly my mom is, she, she glossed over the fact that she likes to write. She is a beautiful, beautiful writer. And I'm going to share a link in the show notes to her book that's been published. Tell them a little bit about your book. Well, the book is about my grandfather who was led the Marines in the Korean war and was on the cover of time magazine for that. And it's a biography of him. And he left behind a great treasure trove of letters and all that. So it was a pleasure to write once again, research. And uh, it is on the top 10 reading list. Yes. For, for General Mattis. General right? Mattis. Yes. So General Mattis put this on his top 10 reading list. So it is, the book is, and what I love about it is, you know, military history can be hard to follow if you're not in it, but you wrote it in a way that anybody can understand it and you feel like you're there. It's incredible. And I also included the wife. Everyone ignores the fact that some of these military men are married and have families. And so she's in it as well because she was an important part of it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also going to share a link because my mom has a beautiful blog. You can find it at dispatchesfromthefront.net. And she publishes a new short article every single week on there. What inspired you to do that? Well, I just feel that everybody was telling who were explaining how it was to be old. We're all 40. And I thought (laughs) they haven't got a clue. I'm there. I'm 76 and I know what it's like. So I thought I'd just write a blog from the perspective of somebody who's actually there. And it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. You guys, I need you to hear that. So in her 70s, my mom said, I want to start a blog. And she did. She maintains this blog herself. She manages it. She posts her blog out there every single week. So for me, this is one of the things that I have found so inspiring from my mom is you never stop learning. You're always doing things that you love. You've, you have yet to get to a point where you just said, eh, I'm too old or eh, it's too late. And so for any of you out there that are listening, that you've thought maybe that window is shut or it's too late to get started on a new dream or passion, think about that. No. It's never too late. No. I wrote a book in my 60s and, th- and this, but I have to say with the blog, I had a lot of expert help that's sitting right here with me. <laughs> I maintain it, but she got I just told she set it up. That yeah. was it. Well, that's that very it. important. So use <laughs> use who you got. Maybe those children that are, you know, you're buying soccer shoes for will be useful someday. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much for Thank coming, you. Mom. Thank All you. right, guys, have a great week and we'll see you back here next week. Getting on top of all things time management, organization, and productivity doesn't have to stop just because this episode is over. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Megan Sumrall, or just open any browser and go to megansumrall.com. If spelling my name is a complete pain, just go to theworkliveharmony.com and grab my free time management cheat sheet. 
If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share it. <laughs>